When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined this week to speak about Camilla, who has just turned 75, by Ingrid Seward. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Zoe. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for coming. It's a pleasure, and it's, it'd be, be fun to talk about Camilla. It really will. So obviously, she's just turned 75, which is a huge landmark for anyone. But this year, the reason I wanted to speak to you is, as well as this year, so much has changed for her, hasn't she? Not changed, but in terms of really looking looking ahead to that role of Queen Consort. And while some people might be perhaps looking to slow down a bit when she when you hit the 75, she's actually going to be doing the opposite, isn't she? And she's kind of got the, the biggest job potentially ahead of her. So yeah, lots of interesting things that I wanted to chat with you about. But first off, so what is your... Uh, opinion of Camilla what do you kind of know of her as a person and and what she's like well I met Camilla some time ago when she first sort of appeared on the royal scene but we had some friends in common and, and she just is a very nice woman and she's very amusing she's very down to earth as as people will have seen if if they watch that uh program about her where in the in you know when she was a guest editor on country life you really got a feeling of what she's like and it seems to me that you know she has a lot of fears and things that we all would have and i know that she finds it difficult to be pushed forward so in a way she really quite wanted to stay in the background but because of the fact that you know the queen uh, announced that camilla would would indeed, you know, be queen consort herself when, you know, the queen was no longer with us. That's really pushed her into the foreground. And I think Camilla has probably found that a little bit difficult to deal with. I know she's got a huge amount of support from her husband and all the people around him, but she was always very happy to just be there supporting him rather than, and and also working on her charities, but not pushing herself forward, not sort of being in magazines, certainly not being on the cover of a magazine, um, I, I think it's a lot for her to deal with in our, because she's she's not one of those pushy people at all. And that is probably why we like her. And yeah, I was going to say, she's one, everyone that I meet who's uh, on the Royal Rota or, you know, is a real regular at Royal Engagements. Everyone seems to love Camilla. They say that she always makes the effort. She chats to people. She jokes. She checks people are okay. If it's cold, she asks if they're, you know, if they're how they're getting on. And um, is that something that you've noticed over the years? 
Uh, well, yes, I think she's just she's just uh, she's just very polite. So, you know, it's polite if you meet a lot of people that are going to come and publicize one of your causes that you talk to them. And if it, you know, and she, she you know, and if, if it's freezing cold, say, God, I hope you're not cold. And it, she's just she just knows uh, what to say and what to do. But, you know, she, she's 75 years old. And if she doesn't know by now, she's never going to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she and she just does it naturally. There's no there's no act with her. And I think that's pretty unusual because uh, when when people have been in the for, forefront of things, as long as she has now, I mean, she sort of she was I think I remember when it was her 50th birthday and Diana was on holiday with Mohammed Al-Fayed in the south of France and sort of diving off his yacht and getting amazing pictures. And Charles was uh, preparing this party for Camilla at Highgrove. And that was, in a way, a sort of coming out. So, um, you know, that is a, is a long time ago now. Well, it's, it's over 25 years ago. Um, so she's had a, a lot of time to get used to it. But I, I guess you never really get used to it. So that's one of the things I wanted to ask about is obviously going back, you know, those 25 years, it was a very different story. She found herself in, you know, in a position where she was really disliked by a lot of people in, well, I say in the UK, but around the world. And she's kind of had to, she's had to face an awful lot to get to where she is today. So what was, what was it like for her at that time? Well, I think she she's spoken about it, but very little, but she has spoken about it. And I think it was absolutely dreadful. I think it was terrifying, too, um, because, you know, when you feel that the whole world is against you and you are so disliked and it, it wasn't just the people in the UK, it was it was global. And they, they said, you know, how can Prince Charles you know, leave leave the beautiful Diana for someone as you know so unattractive and old as Camilla. I mean, dreadful, dreadful things that uh, that we all heard. So goodness knows what she heard, and her children were dragged into it. Her family were dragged into it. But she, you know, she became very, you know, a recluse. She became a prisoner in in her own home. Um, but she never moaned about it. She did talk about it a little bit when she was asked about it but she never ever complained or moaned or or held a grudge against any of the people you know the press or anyone that had been so unkind about her and obviously we don't know for sure and we you know we'll never know we're not we're not inside her brain but do you think she would ever on those kind of that really difficult time do you think she ever would have envisioned a day like this year where she was so popular so so well liked being able to use her platform for the things she cares about rather than every time she goes out being overshadowed overshadowed by scandal and everything else I don't think she probably ever envisaged being as high profile as she is I mean, people used to tease her about, oh, one day when you're queen. But it was such a big tease. I think probably the prospect terrifies her. Um, and I think that, you know, she, everything she does really is is to support Prince Charles. And she's discovered, uh, as uh, anyone in a similar situation would, that it is really satisfying to be able to help people. And if you're a member of the royal family and high profile as Camilla now is, you really can help people. And she's found some causes that she loves. A lot of them are to do with animals. A lot of them are to do with reading. And a lot of them are to do with women, you know, especially women that have suffered abuse. So I think that 
I think that gives her a lot of the satisfaction that, you know, that, that maybe was lacking in her life before. And what do you think that's obviously the Queen earlier this year, which seems like an awfully long time ago now, used her accession day uh, statement in her Jubilee year to say, to share her desire for Camilla to become Queen Consort using the kind of line of how uh, Prince Philip supported her while she was on the throne and kind of linking those two together. What, what do you think that statement would have meant to her? I think the statement, you know, it would, she would have been, uh, you know, very flattered, very, very flattered. And she would have thought, well, that's it now. I've got no choice. I've got no choice. I've just got to get on and do it. And I think that's when she sort of took a big breath and thought, right, no more sitting around for me. I've really got to get on with it and I've got to up my game, whether I like it or not. And I think that's exactly what happened. And I, I do think that you've noticed that, like, we, we seem to have seen her a lot more recently. And I know that it wouldn't have been a case if they just got the diaries out when she did that statement thing. But we've, especially in the summer, you know, the more recent summer months, we've seen so much of Charles and Camilla out and about, which is lovely. Um, and also kind of takes with, you know, we're seeing the royal children a bit more. Uh, Prince George obviously was at Wimbledon last month. Um, but we're really seeing them step, it feels like we're seeing them step into the spotlight a bit more. Well, I think it's been it's been a tough year for all of them. Um, they, they they're a very much smaller group. You know, basically there's Charles, Camilla, and then there's uh, William and Kate, uh, and then you've got the Kents and everybody else coming in to help on the side. But I think well, it's so obvious now that we're not really going to see any more of Harry and Meghan. That everybody's had to take on a lot more, and. Camilla feels, I suppose, that she's a sort of matriarch of, of this little group, you know, and she's, I think, also since the Queen um, has been, uh, you know, had her mobility problems and her COVID and, you know, hurt her back. And so the Queen has not been in great health this year at all and unable to do a lot of the things she would have done otherwise. So there's been even more loaded on to the other members of the family. And I think they've all just you know, got on with it. And that uh, and that's one of the reasons that Camilla has taken on so many more things. And there also it's, you know, there's more focus on it. The, the press are more focused on her now. They know that, you know, she is definitely one day all being well going, going to be queen. And do we know too much about their relationship, the queen and Camilla's bond that they have? Because again, very difficult at the start. Um, but, you know, do we know how that's developed over the years? Yeah, I think it, it was very difficult at the start because obviously the Queen, you know, the monarchy uh, and the institution of the monarchy is, is the important thing. And she knew that Camilla was very unpopular and she 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 really had to stand back from being seen to be uh, uh, over friendly with her, although she's known Camilla, you know, for a very, very long time because Camilla, Camilla, uh, um, husband, Andrew Parker Bowles, very, very close to the Queen Mother. And Andrew Parker Bowles' father was one of the Queen Mother's closest friends. So they'd been in the royal circle for a long, long time. But the Queen really more or less had to cut Camilla out of her life until such time as the, she felt that people were ready to accept Camilla and you know, then potentially accept Camilla as, as Charles's wife and then accept Camilla as a future Queen. So it's been a very slow process. And that's how they kind of worked it out. Oh, okay. I like, yeah. So thinking about, so they've done it slowly, which I think is good. And like, we always know that, as you said, the Queen is 
it's always about the monarchy and the crown first, isn't it? And then what's always thinking about what's important for that. But am I right to kind of assume that now she's maybe seeing that Camilla is becoming really well liked? You know, I'd say the well, the majority of people I speak to now really you know, seem really keen on her, really like her, really like the work she's doing. Do you think that that has an impact on the Queen's personal views towards it of maybe feeling the crown is safer now that she's more popular? Oh, I'm sure the Queen thinks that. But I mean, the Queen would have made up her mind a long time ago what she thought about Camilla. Uh, and as far as I know, she was always very fond of Camilla because see, they've got a lot in common. I just think she felt that the situation with Charles and Camilla had had to be resolved in some way. And, you know, she 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 realised that it had to probably be resolved by them marrying. So, you know, it, it, as I said, it was like little steps. And the Queen has got, you know, Camilla's a country girl. The Queen is a country, well, they're both country women, if you like. And they, they have a lot of things in common. And I think during Prince Philip's uh, illness, and, you know, prolonged illness, not just in the last sort of, yeah, but during his prolonged ill health, because he kept getting ill, Camilla was absolutely wonderful to him and really you know, spent time with him, um, kind of emotionally looked after him, you know, would read books, recommend books to him. And I think the Queen was really appreciative of that. And she saw this kindness in Camilla and, and how Camilla is actually very good at dealing with older people. And so that's what's interesting is that as well, because we, we all often see members of the royal family or there's lots of talk about how they look up to more uh, senior royals of kind of learning how to do a certain role. But and Camilla would have looked to Prince Philip to see how to be a, a consort. Yes, I think I think she would. Um, I, uh, I think Camilla sort of because I, I say it sounds sort of weird, but she because she knows how to behave, because she was brought up probably, you know, quite strictly, you know, in, in the very early 50s, things were very, very different. She knows how to behave. She knows what to do. And she would have she would have kind of been able to learn and been willing to learn, but without looking like she was trying too hard. Yeah, that must be, always be what's a difficult thing, isn't it? Of kind of taking in what you can, like, suppose you want to be a bit of a sponge, don't you? And absorbing it all, but without directly being too, too into it. So talk quickly through. So obviously we now, it's, you know, uh, Camilla will be our Queen Consort. What What is a Queen Consort? Well, if you think, well, actually, you see, Prince Philip was a, a Prince Consort, um, but uh, a queen, the, the, the man doesn't take the title from his wife, but the woman takes the title from her husband. So when Charles becomes king, she will become queen. And a queen consort, I think, uh, well, the queen mother was also a queen, a queen consort, but the queen mother was an, also an anointed queen, which means that at the coronation, uh, at her coronation, to, well, sorry, George VI coronation. Um, the Queen Mother was anointed with holy oil, so she was anointed a queen. Oh, and so she took the title of her husband. And whether Camilla will be anointed queen or not, I don't know. Um, we will have, to, we'll have to wait and see if that one. But Camilla takes the title of her husband. Prince Charles, all being well, will become king and his wife will be queen regardless of whether we like it or not. And so what do you think she, her role will look like? How do you know, how do you think she'll, what she'll bring to that role? 
I think her role would be very similar to what she does now, except there'll be it will be much more formal, and there'll it will be there'll be many many more formal things, and uh, and she will host uh, with Prince Charles many things, and they'll be they'll go off on tours together. I mean, all of this is not something that is at the top of Camilla's enjoy list. You know, she hates flying. She hates the heat. Her feet swell up. So we can all sympathise with that. <laughs> I mean, she's not sort of superhuman like the Windsors seem to be. You know, the Queen never looks hot, She does she? I mean, and she seems to be able to, well, not obviously now, but when she was younger, she seems to be, be able to always be smiling and waving and looking cool, even in intense heat and wearing, you know, a, a amazingly, sort of heavy silk clothes and things. But I think Camilla's a bit sort of more, more like us and feels all these things. Um, from people you've spoken to, what would you say is the when this statement came out, when the Queen kind of said that she wished that, do you think people are, oh, I'm not saying looking forward to seeing Queen her as Queen Consort, because that's an awful thing to say, because when that happens, obviously there'd be other things going on. But do you think people are, you know, supportive of her taking this, this title? I think the jury's out a little bit still. I think the the shadow of Diana is still very much there. I think probably quite a lot of people think, well, we rather we would really, really rather have a young queen. This 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 couple are just too old. Um, and I think that then, you know, people could be, they'll think, well, you know, she's divorced. She's the woman that had the affair with, with Prince Charles when Diana was still married to him. I don't think that will ever go away. It will always be a stigma for her. So uh, obviously people that meet and know Camilla, they all appreciate and love her, but most people don't meet and know Camilla. So it's the image that she projects. And I think she's done very, very, very well with projecting this really kind and, you know, almost in a sort of queen motherly way, a sort of queen motherly sort of image. So, you know, she's not trying to be super smart and young and having facelifts and, uh, you know, dressing in, in sort of Parisian style, which many women of her age do. She's sort of gone for the more homely look and she's more of a homely person. And I think that's what she's going to project when she becomes queen. I think that's something that I've really noticed in the recent interviews she's done. There was the one with Vogue, wasn't there? And obviously the country life stuff. And I really like the line where she said that what she really enjoys, you know, her and Charles, Prince Charles will always try and make sure they have a cup of tea at some point during the day and said that, you know, that what they just really enjoy doing is sitting in the same room together and both reading separately. And I think it's that kind of really... I think you see a lot about the closeness of their relationship, but it is that homely nice kind of private side which I think is really relatable to people well you think I, I think yes I mean she, Camilla said that what she really really loves is gardening and Prince Charles has always said what he really really loves is gardening so I mean they are sort of peas from the same pod in a way um, and I think that that she will give him strength and he will give her strength so I mean ideally they, it, it, it's a perfect match to be king and queen it's just that whether people will respect them enough. I think that's perhaps the problem. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel 
uh, I don't know. Is the respect really there? And I think that's what—that's all the monarchy have. They don't have any power. The only power they have is is the respect that people choose to give them. That's why it's so damaging when you know. Way back when all the younger members of the of the royal family were going off on exotic holidays and uh, you know just sort of seemed to be enjoying it all too much, if you know what I mean. And what will it mean for Charles to have? Camilla there when he does become king and to have her in that you know what you know the support she's going to offer I guess isn't going to change because she's still going to be there you know for him to talk to and to help him out but to have her there officially in that position what do you think it'll mean to him? Oh I think it's essential for him I think it's a very very lonely job and I think the queen has actually sort of said things like that herself you know the support of Philip was absolutely essential to her being able to take on the role uh, of monarch at such a young age. And I think the support of Camilla will be essential to Charles for him to be able to take on the role of the monarch at such an old age. Um, you know, they, they can share things. They, they will be very much together and they, they'll get through the, the onerous tasks that, that are, you know, a part of being monarch as well. They'll do it together. And I think, I'm not sure Charles could do it without her. And kind of looking at the other members of the family, again, as well as facing an extremely difficult introduction into royal life, uh, you know, becoming a stepmom is always difficult, and she had to do that again in very different circumstances. Do we know anything about the relationship that Camilla has with Harry and William now? Well, I think when she when she sort of became a stepmom, I think they were very they were very happy to embrace her because you know they you know they, they most of their friends pe- parents were divorced and had remarried, so it wasn't it wasn't a sort of really unusual thing to happen. You know, but the fact that their father was the Prince of Wales and it, it was unusual. But um, I think they really uh, they really embraced Camilla. I think. I think I think then it went off the boil a bit. Um, um, but Camilla never interfered in their lives. She really, really took care not to, or to to uh, you know say, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. If they asked her something, she would proffer some advice. But she really, really kept right in the background. But I think that uh, I don't think Harry has a great deal of warmth for her. But he waxes and wanes with her. I think. I think William completely appreciates. Camilla and what she's done for his father and he's got to know her well and um, I think he's very very fond of her. So going back to Harry then quickly so is that something has that got any better over the years I know obviously you know they don't have the closest relationship but do we think that's perhaps warming slightly as Harry is getting older and you know he's now married himself and has um, become a father? Well, I don't know about the the recent trip, but certainly before I don't. I think no. I think Harry was quite happy to accept Camilla in the beginning, and then kind of went off the boil about her. And I don't think he, he holds her in great respect. I, but I, I mean, things might have changed, you know, very very recently. Maybe since since. Uh, he came over here and, 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 you know, spent a little bit of time with his father and Camilla. But I mean, they really haven't had a chance to be together since Harry and Meghan left. So I don't think that that relationship, 
will have will have really developed. Quite honestly, I, I don't I don't think Harry is interested in developing a relationship with his stepmother at this stage in his life. And do we know much more? I read kind of several reports before about how Camilla helped uh, the Duchess of Cambridge and also the Duchess of Sussex, you know, when they were starting their royal lives and kind of gave them a bit of advice and tips on how on earth to deal with dating dating a prince, especially uh, with uh, Catherine, obviously, you know, in a, a more similar position to Meghan. Well, I think Catherine already knew exactly what she was doing but when you know because she'd been dating William for so long I know that Camilla used to, to have, have, have her to lunch in Clarence House I think she she helped her with the royal side of things I don't think she interfered at all with with uh, Catherine's relationship with William I think she just you know just helped her but but Camilla would never push herself forward she would only she would only give advice if she was asked for it um which is, you know, again, because, you know, she, she's very polite. She, she wouldn't sort of say, you should do this, you should do that. If Catherine said to her, um, you know, what should I do if that, and then she would really, really help her. But that's the sort of person you need around. You need someone around that's not going to tell you what to do. But, you know, if you ask them, they're going to be there. And that just must be one of those. So, you know, normally if you're in like a tricky work position or a tricky life situation, most of us have got a few people that we can go to who can relate a bit. But, you know, to have that there must have been a great source to Catherine to have, you know, someone there that knows what it's like and kind of one of very few people that understand what it's like to join to join that world and I know Camilla maybe more so because she as you said grew up in those royal circles and even though she wasn't directly in it knew them all well still went to the events I guess probably knew who to you know who to curtsy to and stuff like that but it must have been a big support for Catherine. I think it was very much behind the scenes a big support because remember Catherine also had Sophie to speak to she wasn't totally sort of out there on her own I think that uh, that Camilla was a very, very big support behind the scenes. And I'm sure that, you know, Catherine knew that she could just pick up the phone. Camilla would take her call and she could say, oh, help, I've got to do this or I've got to do that or I've done this or that. What do you think? Um, but I, I don't think that, that Catherine's the kind of person that uh, would need a great deal of help. She, she, she'd been around it, you know, probably, you know, as long as Camilla had. Um, well, not not quite, obviously, but uh, you know, I think she 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 kind of knew what to do. And what about with the children? Because obviously, she's now got Camilla has grandchildren through her uh, through her own two children, but then she's got you know George, Charlotte, Louis, Archie, and Lilibet. Do we know much about the relationship she has with those? I still remember the gorgeous photos from was it Charles's eightieth, where we had them all on the bench. And she was sitting with Char with Charlotte, wasn't she? Kind of having a having yeah, a yeah. And then, then also Catherine's taken some absolutely gorgeous pictures of Prince Charles with Louis. Absolutely sweet. So I think you know, the thing, the trouble is with the royal family. Everybody thinks they're sort of hugger mugger all the time together, but they're not. Geography keeps. I remember the Queen saying to me years ago, "Geography keeps us apart," meaning that they're all busy with their own lives and so they don't get together the only time they really really get together is at, at scotland in the summer they are not in each other's pockets all the time because if you imagine that 
you know, Prince Charles, for instance, has appointments probably every 20 minutes of the day. I would imagine that Camilla also has appointments almost every 20 minutes of the day and ditto the others. So there isn't a great deal of time for sort of chummy lunches and glasses of wine and discussing what you should or shouldn't do. You're, you've really got to kind of just get on with it yourself, which is what Camilla said in that in that television interview. She said, well, I just take a deep breath and get on with it. And also you mentioned the summer holidays there, which we know that they all love and is a big part of their diary. Do we know if are they doing that as usual this year? Do we know yet? At some stage, they will definitely, you know, be going up to Balmoral. We don't always know because we don't always, you know, they, they, they don't necessarily fly. They could drive. And William's got a little little house up there, which, which he's had for a long time. And they might stay at Burke Hall. They might stay at the castle, uh, I think, uh, that that's one side of it that seems to remain fairly private unless they're spotted by a photographer. We don't really know. And what, like I said, we know that Camilla is a huge, you know, huge lover of the countryside, as is the Queen, and as most of the families are, aren't they? So, but what do they, why do they love these holidays so much? Well, I think that, that they're all, they, um, they all love Scotland. It certainly was William and Harry's favourite place to be. They would much rather have been out on the moors in Scotland than going off on a glamorous skiing holiday. And uh, so, I mean, William's given Catherine, remember, William, William and Catherine spent a great deal of their romance together in Scotland. And so they, you know, they both love it hugely. It's a very lucky place for them. And... I think that all the family do. They all love it because they all love the country pursuits. And it is a chance, you know, to, to, to see the Queen. And when he was alive, it was a chance to see Prince Philip and actually spend a little bit of downtime with them rather than, you know, everything being a formal lunch. You know, there's a lot of the only downtime they really have is at Balmoral. And just before I let you go, then, do you have any particularly favourite memories of Camilla? Um, I think she's always made me laugh. She's always made me laugh. And she's got that, just that sort of lovely throaty voice. And you just feel you could say anything to her. Of course you can't, but you feel that you can. You just feel really relaxed around her. Because she always doesn't, she does do that when she'll kind of, she mocks herself quite a lot, doesn't she? She'll always like make little comments of kind of putting herself down a bit and which I think makes everyone feel a bit more relatable, don't they? And well, a bit more she, relaxed. She's, she's, she's the art of self-deprecation. She's got to an absolute T. So it makes everyone feel very easy around her. And, you know, she says, so thank goodness my birthday is only one day, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and she, 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 she doesn't like a lot of fuss. She doesn't like being the centre of attention. She's had to get used to it, but she still would prefer, you know, just to be around her, around her friends and, and gardening. And, and, and it's rather a sort of nice feeling that you know that she, she, she's not pushy. I think it's, and she's, she's humble, which is a really, really attractive trait. And what are you looking forward to seeing more of from her as she kind of steps and starts to prepare for this this next role? 
I'd like to see her, you know, doing a little, you know, more more public speaking. She's very, very good at public speaking. And I, I don't know if she, 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 I think she writes her, her speeches herself. You know, they're not very long, but she's very good. She gave one at the Oldie luncheon when she was, you know, they gave a luncheon for her to celebrate her, her 75th birthday. And she gave a very funny little speech. And I'd like to see... Uh, more of that. I think, you know, I think she's really getting into the sort of rhythm of, of, you know, putting her feelings out there. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really lovely to catch up and to hear all your insights on Camilla. Thank you to everyone for listening. As always, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Podsave. And until next time. Podsave the Queen!